This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, it's officially tax season here in Canada, and the Canada Revenue Agency is now accepting returns. But if you're in the process of preparing your return, this show is for you. I have tax experts with me today, and they're going to be sharing their advice to you to ensure that you're getting the best return possible. So joining me is Chelsea Lawrence. She's a tax manager with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador and Alicia Witten from Canada Revenue Agency. She's with their Newfoundland and Labrador Contact Centre. Thank you both for joining me today. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, I know there's many people out there who are looking forward to hearing from you guys. Tax season can be a bit of a nervous time for some people, right? Making sure that they're getting everything in there, worrying about if they're going to owe money. So it's a, it's a great timing, I'm sure, for many. So before we jump into today's topic, maybe each of you can share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself and, and what you do with your respective organization. So Chelsea, maybe I'll start with you. Sure. So I'm a tax manager with BDO in our St. John's office. Um, I focus mostly on domestic Canadian tax. um, And at BDO, we service both individuals and corporations um, with both tax compliance and tax planning work. So this includes anything from filing returns, providing advice, um, and helping both individuals and corporations with tax planning. That's awesome. And Alicia, what about your role with CRA? I am a spokesperson for the Canada Revenue Agency. I have been with the Newfoundland Contact Centre for the last several years uh, in various roles. Currently, I'm on an acting assignment in another program area within the agency as well. Well, I know you're going to have a lot of great uh, information for people today, as I said, but I want to mention that this year, CRA has launched some new learning tools to assist Canadians with filing their taxes. So, Alicia, what can you tell us about those tools? That's right. So the Canada.ca website is an excellent resource, especially this time of year when Canadians are getting ready to file their taxes and we're always looking for ways to improve the website. So this year we have introduced a new podcast, I'm sorry, Taxology, which can be found in the CRA multimedia library on Canada.ca. It's a way to simplify the world of taxes since it certainly can be confusing for some people. There are currently three episodes available and we discussed topics such as understanding Canadian taxes, including how to prepare for tax filing season. Uh, We explain different savings accounts to help kickstart your savings and also introduce uh, you to the world of the platform economy. We do also have a free online learning tool, Learn About Your Taxes. It includes lessons and fun quizzes and quick videos on everything Canadians need to know about taxes and tax filing. Uh, So these tools are really beneficial when it comes time to start preparing to file your tax return. That's great. And I hope listeners out there take advantage of that. You know, sometimes just getting some information, right? I always say knowledge is power and you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, having your morning coffee, flick on the podcast, listen to some things. I'm sure there'll be some things in there that you learn that will help you with um, taking some of the stress out of filing your taxes. Well, there's lots to discuss and I know listeners want to know more about what's new in the income tax and benefit return front. But before we get too deep into it, let's start with some of the, the pure basics here. So listeners are 
wondering how busy the CRA is at this time of year, here are some stats to consider. According to CRA, for the 2023 tax filing season, Canadians filed more than 32 million tax returns, and more than 92% of them were filed electronically, which is amazing, I think. Uh, you know, long gone, I think, are the days of paper for most. And there were also more than 18 million refunds processed. So Canadians who had a tax refund received, on average, $22. $262, which let's face it, that right now with the economy, inflation, interest rates, that money is uh, going to be welcomed by uh, by so many right now. So there is a lot to process. So I'm going to start with the basics, Chelsea. Who is required to file a return? So you must file a tax return if you worked in Canada um, and you must pay tax in a year or want to claim a refund. Um, so it's also super important to file a tax return if you're looking to obtain benefits and credits. Um, and this could include, but are not limited to, the Canadian child benefits or the goods and services harmonized sales tax benefit. Um, and I think full, that, sorry, go ahead, Chelsea. I was going to say, there's a full list of those required to file on the government of uh, Canada's website or the Canada Revenue Agency website if you need further clarification on who is expected to file a tax return. Yeah, I'm glad you talked about the benefits because I think that's something that some people forget, right? They don't have income or they don't think they're going to owe any money or anything like that. So they don't file the return. But oftentimes they don't realize that, you know, things like GST, their child tax benefit, income support, like those types of things are attached to you filing your return. So if you don't file your tax return, regardless if you've had income or you actually have a balance owing or getting a refund, you still need to file that return in order to get those benefits. So that is super important, again, for many out there who are going to be relying on those benefits um, to help them pay for the things that they need. So, Alicia, if I turn to you now, what paperwork is required? And I guess, what do you need to file your return? So when you're getting ready to file your tax return, you want to start gathering up documents like your information slips. So things like T4s, T4As, T5s, T3 slips. Also, if you plan on claiming uh, deductions um, or any expenses, receipts to back up those claims. So things like medical expenses, childcare costs, if you made charitable donations throughout the year or had moving expenses. Also, uh, if you're eligible for the disability tax credit, you want to make sure that your certificate is still valid for the current year. Um, if you're self-employed and you have or rental income, you want to make sure that you have detailed information about your expenses. Uh, and for students, of course, you want to make sure that you have information about the tuition that was paid throughout the year. That's a, you know, a really extensive list. And I think, you know, people listening say, well, 92% of people are filing electronically. And I think, Alicia, important to point out that although you're not submitting um, this documentation with your return, right, when you're filing it electronically, it is important that you have it readily available in case you got questioned uh, by CRA once your return is filed, correct? That is absolutely correct. We actually recommend that you hold on to those documents for six years in the event that you are selected for a review so that you have that information readily available. Yeah, and I think it takes the stress out if you're asked, you know, if you're being reviewed by CRA for, for something, right? And a lot of the, these things are, are random sometimes. Um, if you know you've got that paperwork there, there's no stress about that. You you take the paperwork, you send it in, and, and things are uh, okay. So important to, to remember that you still need the paperwork, even though you're filing electronically. Absolutely. So, so Chelsea, what are the deadlines for filing your return? And I guess how important is it to meet that filing deadline? 
So like you mentioned, Nancy, the CREX has started accepting returns on February 19th for the 2023 tax year. Um, and the filing deadlines for most Canadians is April 30th. Um, if you're getting a refund or your balance owing is zero, there is no deadline for filing your return. Sorry, there's no penalty for filing your return after April 30th. Um, if you file late and have a balance owing, you could be subject to penalties and interest. Um, this does differ for self-employed individuals. Um, self-employed individuals and their spouses aren't required to file their tax returns until June 15th. However, the nuance there is that if there's a balance owing, it's still required to be paid by April 30th. So what we usually tell our self-employed uh, clients is that really April 30th is your deadline, or at the very least, you want to make a payment to the CRA by April 30th if you expect that you're owing any tax. Yeah, it's important that these deadlines are met, and especially like the payment deadlines, if you have uh, an amount owing, like you said, Chelsea. I mean, Alicia, there are penalties that you face if you file late, especially if you have a, a balance owing and interest that will um, be added to the balance that's owing too. So what can you tell listeners about that? Uh, so I will say that the most important thing about meeting the filing deadline is to ensure that you continue receiving any benefits and credits that you're entitled to. Like you mentioned earlier, even if you have uh, no tax owing or even if you have no income to report, very important to file that return so that you can continue receiving any benefits and credits that you're entitled to. But you are right. If uh, if you miss the deadline and you do have a balance owing, there are uh, there is a late filing penalty of 5% of the balance owing plus an additional 1% of that balance owing for each month uh, that the tax return is late up to a maximum of 12 months. Yeah, so that can add up pretty quickly. So important that you do pay attention to these deadlines and, and make sure those returns get in. Uh, and, you know, we're going to talk about, um, you know, when you're owe money and all that as we get into the show. But right now, like, just make sure you're paying attention to those deadlines, get everything together, get that return in. And I think, Alicia, something else to note is that right now, there's more options probably than ever before for Canadians when it comes to actually filing their return, right? That is absolutely true. And like you mentioned earlier, online filing is certainly the most popular and that's for good reason. If you file electronically and you're registered for direct deposit, you can receive your refund in as little as eight days. Uh, some of the electronic options would be net filing the tax return. So uh, that is using net file certified software products, which are available on the Canada.ca website. Some of them are even free and they have features that make tax filing fast and easy. If you're registered for my account, for example, there is a feature called autofill, which takes the information from your tax slips and puts it into the software for you. So you're basically just doing a review of the information before submitting it to Canada Revenue Agency. You can also file electronically through a tax preparer uh, who uses e-filed certifi certified tax software. Um, paper filing is though still an option. It's certainly not as popular as it would have been in the past. If you had filed on paper last year, the CRA would have sent you a 2023 income tax package and you should have received that by February the 19th. If for some reason you had moved um, and your address wasn't updated with Canada Revenue Agency, you can also order a tax package right from the Canada.ca website or by calling the contact centre. 
That's great. Well, we know that there are some common mistakes that people make when filing their tax returns. So we're going to show you what to watch out for when we come back. Please stay with us. You're listening to a rebroadcast of Your Money with BDO's Nancy Snatton. Listen live Saturdays at 3 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. On today's show, we're talking about taxes. It's that time of year. Tax season is definitely underway. In fact, CRA began accepting returns last week on February 19th. So with me to give you some advice on how to best go about preparing your return, the things to keep in mind is Chelsea Lawrence. She's a tax manager with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Alicia Witten, Canada Revenue Agency, uh, Newfoundland Labrador Contact Centre. So ladies, I was talking in the last segment there about some common mistakes that people make when filing their return. And, and these mistakes can really impact their tax return. So Chelsea, what can you tell us about that? What should be what should people be looking out for? So the biggest and most costly mistake Canadians can make is not filing their tax return by the deadline or, or not filing at all. Um, as we mentioned in the previous segment, this can prove costly, especially if there's a balance owing there. Um, some other common mistakes would be missing slips. Um, this is one of the most common mistakes that can arise. Oftentimes, people are in a rush to get their information in, um, get their return prepared as soon as possible, and that can lead to missing slips. Um, sometimes these are investment slips that have additional income reported. We often see people um, missing their RRSP slips. It's quite common that people miss those RRSP deductions that are made in the first 60 days of the year, so it's super important to remember those. Um, claiming expenses that are not eligible is another one of the most common mistakes or not claiming expenses that would be eligible. For example, medical expenses that are not covered by a provincial health services or the employee's um, personal benefits plan, those are also commonly missed. Um, another thing would be misreporting additional income. So we know many people today are earning extra income by way of a side hustle or earning tips or working in the gig economy, and this money should still be reported on your tax return. Um, and I would say the the other most common mistake that we see is, is not having the receipts to support all of your claims and deductions. So if you plan to claim any expenses that help reduce your income, make sure that you have the receipts to back it up if the CRA were to ever review and, and come looking for those supporting documents. Yeah, again, we can't emphasize that enough, right? It's really important that you've got your paperwork there. Um, you know, if you don't have the paperwork, if you're asked for it, it's as, as if it, it never existed, right? So we want to make sure that uh, you keep that, like Alicia said, for six years. And then, of course, um, shred it, get rid of it safely, because we don't want uh, personal information out there either. So one thing I think that when people are, are preparing their taxes, um, they always want to make sure they're reducing to the extent they can the amount that they have to pay. And of course, getting a refund would, would be an absolute bonus again, especially in today's economy. But one of the things I think that people often are unsure about is deductions and credits. So Alicia, let's talk about those now. Let's start with what is the difference between the two? What is a deduction versus a tax credit? So a deduction reduces the amount of your income before you calculate the tax that you owe, whereas a a credit reduces the amount of tax you owe and can increase your tax refund. Yeah, so it's an important distinction and, and there are obviously um, differences in each of them, right, and what you would be applicable for in following your taxes. But Chelsea, what are some of the benefits uh, and credits that can and cannot be claimed? Well, some of the most common um, credits that we see 
being claimed are, are things such as the basic personal amount, um, the age amount, depending on your age, um, the first time home buyers amount, tuition, donations, um, medical. There's also um, some things within that that you can't claim. For example, not all medical expenses paid for um, would be eligible. Um, this would include things like um, expenses paid to a naturopath uh, in Newfoundland. Those are not eligible to be claimed. So it's super important to um, pay attention to what you're claiming and, and to check the CRA's website to see if there's anything uh, that you may not be able to claim. Uh, Alicia, maybe I'll ask you about the the benefits and credits as well. Is there anything that you would say um, people should be taking advantage of that we see them not taking advantage of on a more frequent basis? Uh, I think just being aware of the things that you are actually eligible to claim is very important. Uh, common credits uh, would be the formerly known as the Climate Action Incentive Payment. That one is now rebranded as the Canada Carbon Rebate. Things like the Canada's Workers Benefit, uh, the Canada T Training Credit. Those are some credits that people may not be aware of. Um, and. So again, just checking the website to ensure that you are you are aware of any benefits and credits that you may be entitled to. Yeah, it's worth spending the time, right, to read through it and not just going through the motions to file your return like you did the year before, because, again, it can really make a difference to either you not having to uh, pay money on your taxes or in actually being able to see some of that come back. Every year there's changes too, right, into what you can claim, what you can claim, different things with filing your tax return. So, Alicia, what can you highlight for people with regards to tax changes for this year? So there have been a couple of changes. Probably the one that is being talked about most right now is the change in the temporary flat rate method for home office expenses that would have been available uh, the last number of years. That actually now does not apply to 2023. So employees who were required to work from home more than 50% of the time for a period of at least four consecutive weeks in 2023, uh, they can still claim home office expenses, but they will be using a detailed method and that will require them to have their employer complete form T2200 uh, in order to make that claim on the tax return and their claim will be for actual amounts that they paid for eligible home office expenses which are supported by documents as opposed to the flat rate that they may have used in previous years. Yeah, that is there, an important one, I guess, because, you know, with COVID, so many people were working from home and, and there was a change in that because of that reason. But now we're sort of back to where we were pre-COVID when you did need to do details, you do need to have the paperwork. Absolutely. We also have introduced a first time uh, first home savings account. So this is a brand new registered plan to help individuals save for their first home. Uh, individuals are able to contribute or transfer from their RRSP to the first home savings account, a combined maximum of $8,000 annually with a lifetime limit of 40000 And withdrawals that are used to buy or build a qualifying home are not taxable. So that's something that is very exciting for this tax season as well. That's great. And Chelsea, anything to add there for people to keep in mind in following their taxes this year? Um, I think one other thing to keep in mind is that the T1 notice of assessment has changed a little bit this year. So the CRA made changes to kind of provide more information on that notice of assessment once you file your return. Um, 
And due to these changes, you'll see if you're expecting a refund and you're not signed up for direct deposit, you'll receive your notice of assessment and then you'll receive your checks separately, which is a bit different this year. And I think every year um, the question gets raised with because of the changes that are out there, because of the things that people, you know, aren't aware of the credits deductions, they want to make sure they're getting uh, everything that they're entitled to, as we talked about. It raises the question, when should they consider hiring a professional to prepare your return? So Chelsea, what should people be thinking about when it comes to that? Well, I would say anytime you're not comfortable completing your own return, um, you shouldn't hesitate to reach out for help um, in that case. Typically, if you only have a few slips, you you may not need um, a professional to help with your return. But again, if you're not comfortable even doing the, the few slips, then reach out to someone for help. Um, we'd also recommend going to a tax specialist um, if you have a significant investment portfolio, um, especially if it's foreign and there's additional reporting there. Um, if you've sold shares in a private corporation, um, there's significantly more reporting there that should be reported correctly. If you sold any type of property in the year, even if that's your principal residence, your home, um, there's additional reporting that needs to happen in that case. Um, and if you have any foreign properties, so one of the most common ones that we see is um, someone might have a property or a condo in Florida. Um, it's important to be talking to a tax specialist in that case to make sure that you're meeting all of the reporting requirements. Um, also, if you've got rental properties or self-employment income, your tax returns are going to be a little bit more complicated. So if you're uncomfortable preparing your return in that case, then you should reach out to a tax professional. Yeah, I guess it comes down to if they're, if you're not sure about what you should be claiming and you, don't, you have more than just that sort of basic return with your sort of T4 or maybe an RSP slip, uh, you should consider talking to, to someone to get help with that. At the end of the day, it's about, you know, reducing the amount of tax that you owe or in in fact, getting some of the tax you've paid back. Um, so, Alicia, there are some groups out there to write that um, do, you know, help seniors, low-income uh, individuals with tax preparation. Absolutely. So the Canada Revenue Agency offers the Community Volunteer Income Tax Program every year, and that is a free service for people who have a simple tax situation and a low income. Uh, and there are clinics that are available virtually and in person. Uh, the list for all of the clinics in your area would be found on the Canada.ca website. That's great. Thank you. Because I know that a lot of people take advantage of that. And it is important um, for people out there to be aware of that and that there is help available even with um, basic return preparation. So I think lots of times people wonder too, is there a difference or what's the difference between a tax preparer versus a tax advisor? And in using a professional, are they going to get a bigger return? Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guests today are Chelsea Lawrence. She's a tax manager with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland. And Alicia Witten, she's with Canada Revenue Agency, the Newfoundland and Labrador 
contact center. So we've been talking about filing your taxes, getting some advice around, you know, how to go about it, what you should be considering. And before the break, we talked about deductions, credits, and of course, expenses and the tax changes for this year. There's so much to keep track of. And we talked a little bit about when should you start looking at a professional to, to prepare your return. And I think, Chelsea, one of the questions that comes up quite a bit as well is, what's the difference really between a tax preparer and a tax advisor? So what would you tell people on that? Absolutely. So a tax preparer would simply prepare the return based on the information that you provided. Um, you'd likely see them once a year when it was time to file. You'd bring in your documents um, and they would prepare based on what you have. An advisor would be a little bit different. Um, they would usually provide some additional planning items and suggestions throughout the year to maximize your personal situation um, and keep you up to date on tax legislation changes as they happen. So um, one of the examples that we often see is a lot of our clients will reach out and say, how much should I put in my RRSPs this year to, to help me reduce the amount of tax I need to pay? So typically you'd meet with an advisor um, multiple times during the year, you'd have multiple touch points. Um, so the main difference is usually that that multiple touch points um, and the additional future planning that, that an advisor would be able to provide. Um, however, it's important that that going with an advisor um, does come with an additional cost and, and tax specialists or advisors would tend to be a bit more expensive than a preparer would be. Yeah, so I guess it depends on your situation. Oftentimes, it's a it's a good investment, right? Because you're getting that planning, you're you're looking at things in advance instead of you know being reactive to actually now I owe tax. How do I look at not having to do that in in the future, right? You're planning ahead. You're making sure you're taking advantage of all the things that you could be taking advantage of in order to plan for um, I guess a tax strategy almost, right? Exactly. So some believe as well, Chelsea, that if they use a professional, they're going to get a bigger return. Do you think that's the case? No, that's that's a common misconception. So going with a, a tax professional doesn't guarantee a bigger refund, um, but it does help to ensure that you're filing a correct return and that you're not getting any nasty surprises down, down the line. Um, a bigger return is no good if you're being audited down the road and have to pay it all back, plus, plus interest and penalties. Yeah, I guess the professional ensures, like you said, that things are filed appropriately and they may know about things that you don't, right? That may change either, you know, for the good or bad, your taxes. But the main point is that you're you're more sure that things are being filed properly with Revenue Canada and you're meeting uh, the requirements and the deadlines and all that stuff. Exactly. So if though, for those that are out there who are considering hiring a professional, what advice do you have on choosing the one that's most suitable for you? I would say try and get a good understanding of your tax situation. Um, depending on the tax complexity of your return, there's a wide range of practitioners that you could reach out to. Um, many of these practitioners have different specialties. Um, for example, if you're getting a personal tax return completed and you've got employment income from a foreign country, then you should look to get a tax specialist that has experience with that type of reporting. Yeah. And it's okay to, to try a few right until you find the one that's right um, for you, right? Ask the questions, make sure that you're, you're going to get what you need, um, that they have an, enough support for you, or maybe it's more than you need and you can sort of step back and, and look for something else. But asking questions, doing your research, um, that's what I recommend when it comes to looking at any sort of professional services for sure. Absolutely. Well, 
We know that with the economy, as we said, we talk about it all the time, right? Inflation, you know, cost at the grocery store, the gas pump, interest rates going up. Many people have turned to gig work, right? They're doing additional work on the side beyond their job to, to get additional income. And of course, self-employed individuals often find that they have a bit more to consider when it comes to filing their, their tax return in general. So Alicia, what tax tips can you share with listeners who are self-employed or have done some gig work during the year? Uh, I think the biggest tip would be to let them know that the Canada Revenue Agency actually offers free liaison officer services to self-employed individuals to help them understand their tax obligations. Uh, the visit from the liaison officer is 100% confidential. The information that a person chooses to discuss with the officer doesn't get shared with other areas of the CRA or with anyone else. And these visits can be done virtually or by telephone or video conference, uh, or you can request an online webinar as well. And there is information on Canada.ca about how to set up or request the service visit. So that's a, a really great tip, especially for somebody who may be just this first year uh, having some self-employment income or some gig work. And then it's also very important uh, as a self-employed individual to keep track of any expenses that you incur throughout the year that you're gonna be uh, claiming on your tax return. You wanna keep detailed records of those things as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes people think that, oh, I'm just doing that on the side. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. not my employment income that that is not taxable. But in fact, it is right. If it's gig work, money that you're earning for a service you're providing or something that you're selling, it is income that you do need to claim on your taxes. And you want to make sure, though, that in claiming that income, you're also claiming against it. To your point, Alicia, any expenses that you can in order to reduce the actual taxable amount of that income. Income. So Chelsea, what common expenses are there that self-employed individuals can deduct against their self-employment income? So some of those common expenses would be um, business insurance, um, office expenses. Like we mentioned before, there's no longer a fixed deduction this year. Um, professional fees, interest and bank charges, um, motor vehicle expenses, home office expenses. Um, in terms of motor vehicle and home office expenses, it's important that you're only claiming the business portion of that expense. So for example, if your home office is taking up, say 10% of the square footage of your home, you can only actually deduct 10% of your home expenses, such as the utilities and property taxes. Um, in addition, motor vehicle expenses are similar. Um, you should be keeping a logbook that tracks the number of kilometers you're driving for business versus personal use, and then only claiming the expenses on the kilometers that you're actually using for business purposes. And I think uh, many self-employed individuals out there to um, often forget about CPP contributions. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so individuals who are self-employed um, may also need to complete Schedule 8 of the personal tax return, and this is used to calculate their CPP contributions. So unlike an employee, um, the self-employed individual must remit both the employee and employer portion of CPP contributions um, as the self-employed individual. And I think finally, so depending on the amount and type of self-employment income, you may also be required to register, collect, remit HST, correct? That is correct. So if you're unsure if you would be required to register, collect or remit and file HST returns, uh, you can get in touch with the business inquiries line or you can look up the information on the Canada.ca website and they can help you make a determination as to whether or not that is something that would be required. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, there's so much to consider, especially if this is your first year of self-employment, right? I think it's worthwhile at least having a conversation with a tax preparer or a tax advisor um, and consider having them assist with your return. Um, but I think it's important to note, though, Chelsea, that the taxpayer is still like the individual is still primarily responsible for their own income tax return, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If you have someone, um, a professional prepare their return for you, the ultimate liability is still on you as an individual to ensure that the information being reported um, is correct. Yeah, well, we know that not everyone who files a tax return will receive a refund. And as I say, the only things in life guaranteed are death and taxes. So if you owe, you do have to pay the taxes that are owing. But if you're unable to pay the amount in full, there are things you could do and in fact should do. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. We're talking about taxes today, and I'm joined by Chelsea Lawrence. She's a tax manager with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland. And Alicia Witten, she's with the Newfoundland and Labrador Contact Centre for the Canada Revenue Agency. So they've been sharing their advice on following your tax return. And as we know, when you're preparing your taxes, we are all hoping not to owe. However, this is not the case for everyone. Some are going to complete their return to discover they actually do have an amount owing. But we know that these challenging financial times uh, for many Canadians right now, and there will be listeners out there who are going to owe, but be unable to pay the amount in full. That can be scary for some. And, you know, it's important that we're not avoiding it because we don't have the money. Avoidance is definitely not a solution here. So Alicia, what advice do you have for listeners who are unable to pay their return in full? If you can't pay your balance right away, don't worry. Uh, definitely contact us. We can work with you on a payment arrangement that provides you with the flexibility to pay over time based on your personal situation. Yeah, I mean, communication with the CRA is always priority number one in these situations, right? Like we said, avoiding it is not going to get you anywhere. So how important would you say, like it's I can say that, but from CRA's perspective, how important is that communication and what payment options are in fact available for people? So communication is definitely key. Canada Revenue Agency understands that individuals might be dealing with difficulties in meeting their financial obligations. Uh, contacting us to discuss the options based on the individual situation is very important. We do have a number of options that are available to taxpayers. So uh, if you are registered for my account or my business account on the Canada.ca website, you have the option to set up a pre-authorized debit agreement for from within those online portals and you can select the amount and the frequency of the payment to pay off your tax owing over time. We do also have an automated tele-arrangement service and I can give that number. It is 1-866-256-1147. That is available Monday to Friday from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time. We do also have a debt management call center as well uh, and their number is is 1-888-863-8657 and you'll speak with a live agent. Uh, those hours are Monday to Friday except on holidays from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
And you can do your research on the website as well, right? There's an area on the CRA website, what to do if you can't pay your taxes. So if you find yourself in that situation, certainly um, go read about that as well. Like we said, knowledge is power. Um, we've said avoidance is not a solution. And the reason for that, Chelsea, is because, you know, CRA really is willing to work with you. But if you're not communicating with them, there are actions they're going to take to collect the amounts owed. So Chelsea, how important is it um, that you don't avoid your taxes? Because of course, we know that CRA is willing to work with you, but if you don't communicate with them, there are actions they're going to take to collect the taxes owed. So what can you tell people about that? Absolutely. So interest is applied um, each month and it's 1% per month um, on the balance owing. So it's important to note that that interest compounds, which which can add up extremely quickly. Um, so the CRA may reach out um, with a notice of collection looking to collect the balance owing, or they may reach out by phone looking to get more information. Um, but as long as you're communicating with the CRA, they will be helpful in, in helping you find options to pay off that balance owing. Yeah. And I guess, Alicia, you know, in some um, cases where you haven't been corresponding with CRA, you're not responding to these collection notices, you know, things like garnishing your wages, you know, putting freezes on your bank accounts, those types of things can happen as well, correct? Yeah, that's why it's very important to reach out to set up a payment arrangement as long as we are uh, having the payment, we can see the payment being made over time. Uh, extreme actions like that, of course, are always the last resort. No, absolutely. And Chelsea mentioned, you know, that CRA will send you a collection notice. They may reach out to you by phone. There are often um, fraudsters out there, right, who are tax time, you know, ramping up uh, to try to defraud people. What should people know about those scams and when C how CRA will not, in fact, be contacting you? So Canada Revenue Agency uh, will never send you an email with links in there to click. If you are registered for my account, for example, you might get a, an email notification when there's new information available. That email will just prompt you to log into the website to view the new information. It won't contain any of your personal information. Uh, if you do receive an email and you click on any links and you provide any personal information, it's a good idea to reach out to the contact center and also to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center to report that activity because it could certainly uh, lead to trouble down the road. Um, also, typically a, te a telephone call from Canada Revenue Agency would be a last resort. So if you uh, are re receiving telephone calls that are threatening in nature, it's a good idea to uh, disconnect the call and call the contact center. An agent there will be able to verify if the call is in fact legitimate. Absolutely. And there's lots of text texting scams out there as well, right? And, and and I'm confident in saying CRA is never going to contact a taxpayer by text. That's correct. So texting is something that uh, we do not use as a form of communication. So again, if you're receiving a text uh, saying that you have an income tax refund and you need to click on a link, uh, that's something that also should be reported as it is definitely a phishing scheme. 
Yeah, so very important things to keep in mind. You know, uh, March is going to be um, Fraud Awareness Month, and we are going to do a show around um, fraud and the different things that are out there. But I know one thing that comes up quite frequently are these CRA scams. And, you know, Alicia has confirmed that CRA, in fact, will not reach out to you by text if they were to reach out to you by phone, which is also um, not done a lot. It certainly is not going to be anything that's going to be threatening. Uh, They're not going to ask you to make payments with things like gift cards and, you know, send money to a a particular account, always disregard those calls, always call the contact center directly. I can't enforce that or reinforce that uh, enough. Well, ladies, it's been great having you both on the show today. Lots of great advice for our listeners out there, but we do have some time now for some final thoughts. So Chelsea, I'll start with you. What final advice do you have for listeners today? I think the main piece of advice that I'd like to leave people with is if you have a complicated tax situation, seek help. Um, This can save you a lot of time, money, and headaches in the long run. Um, In addition, make sure you're getting your taxes done on time and ensure you're not to ensure you're not incurring any additional interest or penalties um, or any delays on your benefits. That's great. And I know uh, at BDO, we have a lot of great uh, information on our website with regards to following your taxes. If you have, like I said, a more complex situation, you wanted some tax planning advice, what's the best way for people to do that? Absolutely. If you want to reach out to BDO um, and talk to a member of our tax team, you can reach out to our general line at 709-579-2161, or you can reach out to us on our website, which is www.bdo.ca. That's great. Thanks again for joining me today. And Alicia, I'll turn to you. If you had some final advice for taxpayers out there, what would it be? I would say it's never too early to get started. If you haven't already done so, now is a great time to gather up your your information that you're going to be needing to file. It is also a great idea to register for my account on the Canada.ca website. That is an excellent way to view and track your tax information. And also signing up for direct deposit, as we mentioned, can help ensure that you're receiving your refund very quickly in as little as eight days if you uh, do that electronically and you have direct deposit on file. That's great. And if people wanted more information, again, can you remind them of where they can find it? Yeah, as mentioned before, the Canada.ca website is an excellent resource for all of your tax-related questions. If you do need additional support or advice, you can reach out to our knowledgeable agents at the contact center. Our individual tax inquiry line is open Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. local time. Also on Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. And that number is one 800 959-8281. That's great. Well, thank you uh, again for joining me today. I think it's been some great advice for our listeners. And of course, I always want to hear from my listeners. So if you have a comment or question or a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can certainly email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give us a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.